So social things are difficult. You know, many camps, obviously, you get your bunk requests. You know, you put in your two or three friends. And then they change them the night before. Well, you know, that does have, you know, you're promised that you're going to have one. But generally speaking, you're in a bunk of, of kids that you know. Yes, these things do happen. Sometimes you'll find that a kid gets to camp and friendships that they had during the year, things change because they met other kids and there are... I don't want to use the word clicks, though. That's a you know, that's a negative word. It doesn't it doesn't happen all that often, but it, it can happen. And and kids are kids. Sure. But again, we have wonderful division heads and and camp moms who have uh, you know heart to hearts, and you find something that the kid loves, and you bring them along on a on a job that you're doing, or some give them a special a special job, a special uh, privilege. But these are the difficult parts of running a camp of 460 460 campers. Yeah. And um, thank God we have really, really incredible, caring people. Welcome back to The Jews Next Door, where we are all about raising the next generation of passionate and committed Jews. My name is Rabbi Yerman Shell. As a parenting coach, with my training in the Guiding Good Choices parenting methodology, as well as my experience as a passionate educator and a parent of young children myself, We are aiming to help you, parents, to find the best practices to raise your children, which is exactly what we're doing in this podcast, where every single month we have the hierarchy of the needs for parents to give their children the best experience they possibly can. Started off with building a relationship with a child. We moved on to child safety. We've been doing a lot of special guest episodes, and this is another one of our special guest episodes where we have an opportunity to talk about pre-camp, where parents how parents can best prepare their children for camp. And we sat down with the incredibly talented and creative Rabbi Natan Farber, who is the director of Camp Dina and the director of student activities at DRS, which has helped high school for boys. He's definitely one of the most creative and talented people that I know. It's it's incredible. I mean, I'm, I really have been mind blown by some of the incredible things that he's done. And we, we get into in this conversation, we discuss a parent's role in preparing their child for sleepaway camp or both in terms of, you know, in terms of safety and boundaries and food choices and medications, keeping up with the Jones and much, much more the incredible life lessons that are learned from camp. Rabbi Farber talks about an area that he clearly has so much experience with and he's an incredible, incredible educator and his insights are so spot on. I will say the one, just adding one caveat that during the episode, there were parts that I found myself not sure that I fully agreed with. So listen to the entire episode because I will talk about in the outro how where Rabbi Farber actually changed my mind with some slight caveats, but for the most part where he changed my mind about this. And it's it's so clear that Rabbi Farber has such incredible wisdom to offer. And without further ado, enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another episode of The Jews Next Door. It is an absolute pleasure to be sitting down with Rabbi Natan Farber, the director of Camp Dina and taking over as the director of student activities at DRS and one of the most creative people I know. I, I love everything you do. I hope we get back the, uh, you know, the DAF style DAF soon at some point. I know you're very, very busy, but uh, really everything you do is incredible and it's really such a pleasure. I know we're literally right before camp and I am amazed that you have the ability to take the time and really thank you so well, much. Thank you so much, Yara. I'm a huge admirer of all of your work and as you said, uh, I'm leaving to camp in a couple of days. I'm already in camp mode so <laughs> yeah, apologize yeah. For, the, for the polo shirt and not dressing up but uh, you know, 
Comer, you know, be ready or not, here we come. No, 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 no need to apologize. But uh, okay, so this is a, a camp episode. So I guess we'll just dive right into the beginning of like, first things first, how does a parent know when their child is ready for sleepaway camp? So it's a great question. And um, I think a lot of the questions I'm going to answer with uh, not specifically a direct answer. Uh, I'm going to say more that camp is sort of there for the kids to kind of learn on the job. Mm. Um, so you speak about what does a kid need to be ready or how do you know that a kid is ready? First of all, if the kid's asking for it, he's ready. Mm -hmm. Uh, If he wants to go, he's ready. Don't overthink whether or not your kid is ready. There is no uh, child in the world who is absolutely self-sufficient enough (laughs) to go and spend two months uh, totally on their own. Uh, there's a little bit of learning on the job. I wouldn't force a kid to go mm-hmm. if they weren't ready. How it's much not would something, you push? It's not something I would push very, very much. Okay. Um, I think you have to know your child in terms of their ability to be fairly self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. I don't mean uh, folding their clothes. Um, I don't mean doing their own laundry. But a basic uh, self-sufficiency in terms of a certain maturity, a certain, a certain respect for others, mm-hmm. but certainly not something that should be forced. I remember I went to camp after third grade, but uh, after fourth grade, after fifth grade even, uh, it certainly is not too late. Uh, there's no right time uh, to start sending a kid sure. to sleepaway camp. There are issues about a kid maybe coming to camp a little bit later and being the, sort of the new kid when some of mm. their peers have already been there mm. for a couple of years. And that creates some That's tension. That, that, that right. is So that is a dynamic. And th- those are some issues that you have to kind of tiptoe around. But if the kid is asking for it and if you find that their chevra is ready to go, then it's the right time for them. And if they're not ready, but everyone else in their chevra or the age is just like there. So you're saying, yeah, yeah. Listen, there's wonderful day camps and dig a lot of the day camps have uh, through eighth grade programs through eighth grade. And if they're not ready, it's not something that should be forced because that's only going to backfire. Right. I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. So what does a parent do to prepare their child to go to camp? Yeah. So again, I, I really think a lot of it is learned on the job, but again, um, what does a parent do? If the kid is ready to get dressed, if the kid can get dressed by himself, if they can shower by themselves, uh, I laugh about that because uh, we, we spend time in yeshiva. Uh, we, we know what it is to go coast to coast. <laughs> no doubt. We used to brag about not showering from Sunday to Sunday. But if a kid basically knows how to shower himself and get himself dressed, he doesn't need to know. Like I said, he doesn't need to know how to do his own laundry. He doesn't need sure. to know how to fold his clothing. My mom always tells me that my third summer in sleepaway camp, she came visiting day and she looked at my cubbies and she saw my clothes were just filthy. And she just turned around. She said, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. I'm just going to kind of turn the other way. He's having a great time. He's got a smile on his face. And so, yeah, there is no kid that is perfectly set up to be self-sufficiently, you know, self-independent. And again, there's no, I don't think that you should be sitting down your child and giving him you know, uh, these uh, tools of the trade or a Mm -hmm. whole long speech about here's what you should and shouldn't do. Let him learn because the last question on the list is what's your final message? And my final message is that camp is a experience where kids start to learn to mm. be self-sufficient and nice. to learn to be independent. Right. So right. it's not something that you need to set your... Is that, would you say that's like the goal of camp? I don't know that if it's, a, I don't know that it's the goal. I think it's one of a the goal. Goals, right. I think it's definitely a goal. It's certainly one of the great benefits and it's certainly one of the great things that kids learn is to be sure. independent. I'm reminded that uh, Dava Bashevkin, one of our colleagues and uh, sure. your fellow uh, uh, podcaster, had Richie Hagler on uh, recently. Richie yeah. was the uh, former executive director of HALB, where I am sure, uh, very sure. lucky to work. And Richie and David were discussing tuition assistance. Mm-hmm. And Richie said that camp is not a luxury. 
camp is a necessity. So it's interesting. Do you, do you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. Camp is not a luxury. Now, again, where do you send your kids to camp? And I don't want to start getting into which (laughs) camps are more expensive and which are not. That's a whole separate conversation. But camp is not a luxury. Camp is a necessity. It's interesting. It used to be. It used to be more of a luxury. I feel like it's changed over the years. It may have changed, um, but I think that the lessons that um, these kids learn in sleepaway camp mm-hmm. and the growth that they have outside of a classroom in that type of environment so is so important. I have been in camp since I've been going to camp. Yeah. I have never not been in camp or a sleepaway or a summer program in my life. Every summer of my life has wow. been spent on some that's summer a, that's program. A that's a real set. Um, not, not a single summer I can go on for hours, the lessons that I've learned. And I've been in many, many different camps and I've had the experience. I'm not a one camp person. I haven't been to Morasha my entire life from a right. solar lifer. I spread the gamut from Camp Manavu, Morasha, Masora, now wow. Camp Dina, <laughs> picking up little lessons on the, you know, over, uh, over time and on the way and learning from all kinds of different people. And that's the other great benefit of, of sleepaway camp is just learning from so many other people mm. and meeting so many different personalities totally. and being introduced to kids that you don't spend time with and kids from out of town who have a different temperament than the kids that you're mm-hmm. uh, used to. So there's just, there's so many, so many important things. Yeah. Um, On your point about like the fact that kids have this ability to shine in such a different way. I remember seeing one of my students who I had in the classroom and then we went to the same summer camp together and seeing a student who maybe sometimes struggled a little bit in the classroom or, you know, school wasn't their thing. And then they went and in camp, they were like this rock star. Rock star. And I was like, who, like, who Life are you? Party. It's like, yeah. you are a completely different person. And it was amazing to see them come alive like that. It, it's, it's incredible. We, we all love our parents and happy Father's Day. Yeah. Happy Father's Day. We love you. our parents, but when we are That's not- That's just so you know, by the way, how quick, how, how soon before camp this episode is being recorded. <laughs> my, my, my car was packed today. So oh, wow. um, we're going up, my wife and I are going up tomorrow to, oh, to wow. move in. That's nice. Um, we love our parents. We love our family sometimes the opportunity to be away from the parents 100%. and away from the family, you can be a different person. There's a reason the Israel experience is no question. So There's impactful. no question. Yeah. And, and, and just to uh, blossom and to learn something about yourself and to develop, not, not only develop certain talents, but there are innate talents in you that 100%. you don't let yourself come out in front of your parents, in front of your siblings and you're the next color war captain. The next thing you know, so and it's, yeah. uh, it's very true. So very important. So, and, and in terms of, that's interesting because like on that topic of like being away from parents. So how do parents, is there something that parents should be doing to prepare their child? I, like, I, I know what you're saying in terms of it's on the job, but there's certain things about a child for a child's anxiety and their, you know, own emotions in terms of what a parent should be doing to prepare their child to be away from them. If let's say for a, cha- especially for a camper who it's the first night, but even for campers who it's third or fourth summer, you know, that first little bit of going away, it's it still, you know, feels a little bit. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a certain anxiety that comes with going to camp for the first time. Like I said, I'm a camp lifer. I, uh, uh, but the first night before my first night of sleepaway camp, I vomited and oh, really? I fell all over the place. My father had to drive me up the next day. Oh, so wow. take it from somebody <laughs> who had tremendous anxiety. Um, and now, uh, you know, many years later, a former color war general, there many times go. over. <laughs> but I don't remember my father sitting me down or my parents sitting me down and having this uh you know, this this deep conversation about uh-huh. kind of setting me up necessarily. I don't know that necessarily. You know, you want to talk about safety, you want to talk about, um, Mm. you know, responsibility. Sure. 
I really do feel a lot of this stuff is learnt on their own. Yeah. Um, one of the questions here is talking about boundaries. Yeah. And the boundaries that, uh, you know, respecting others' boundaries, respecting the space of the person sleeping on top of you sure. and sleeping next to you. Or in the shower. Or in, in the, the shower. Urinals, bathroom stalls, sure. whatever it is, you know. Kids are resilient. You know, kids learn on their own. They, they figure it out. And um, my experience has been that let it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, when a kid is ready to go to sleepaway camp, they're, they're, they're ready and they'll learn, they'll learn they're that. Learn they're, learn that. Right. they're in a bunk. You know, you think about the fact that you're putting uh, 22 third and fourth <laughs> graders in a bunk. I mean, what <laughs> it, could sounds crazy. it sounds crazy. <laughs> right. It sounds like it's going to be apocalypse, but it's not. Right. It's not because they, they figure it out. Are there things that you're doing in camp to, let's say, take those, especially first timers, and help them. I mean, I know there's camp moms and there's, you know, the heads of campuses and everything, the division heads. Like, what, what types of things are you doing to help them? So I was going to say, as, as you just mentioned, we have so many levels and layers of supervision. Right. Every bunk has two or three counselors, two or three division heads, a camp mom, two head counselors. I have the most incredible head counselors in Camp Dean and the most know, wonderful the best, caring staff. The best. Incredible shout out to Mrs. Taylor, Mrs. Rosenberg. They're just wonderful and they're caring. And this is a message to all the parents out there. We care about your children. I say this every year at orientation. Every child is somebody's child. Mm. Think about they are your child. They are somebody else's child. We have to treat them as if they are our children. That goes for the paying campers. That's the staff campers. The staff campers. That's, 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 if, you know, if you've been in camp, you know the staff I, campers. I, I, I you know what the staff campers are always shoved to the side. But that's my son. That's yeah. my son. But the staff, everybody is somebody's child. And everybody deserves to be cared for and looked after. And yes, uh, certainly we find a division head who maybe is more in touch with those sensitivities for the younger divisions. Mm -hmm. The older divisions are somebody that's a little bit more maybe uh, lively and a Mm -hmm. little bit, uh, just a little bit different personality. And, you know, a lot of camps will have the camp mom help the younger kids unpack Mm -hmm. and move into their cubbies, whereas the older girls are kind of unpacking themselves. So yes, the camp is definitely doing what they the camps that I was in. They, we had to do it like the day before. The, the day before, <laughs> you would open up their they exactly. open up like, their stuff and they get there. It's like, oh, oh, good. Right, and 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 the, the better the parent is at packing in those bags yeah. and the labels, <laughs> the better different. it is for us. Um, so we're certainly doing what we can to to help set them up, and we're sensitive to that. But I really think kids learn on the job, and they're they're resilient. They learn quickly. Um, you know, it's it it. You know, like it, like I said, 22 kids in a bunk, you'd think it'd be a zoo, right. <laughs> but, it, but it's not. It's true. They get there, they learn it, they figure it out. And by and large, you know, they have a wonderful, wonderful time and they really right. grow. It's true. It's true. One of the things I imagine is probably less, maybe more challenging, let's say, for them to learn on the job. And unless if they've somewhat been prepared is how to deal with, let's say, some inappropriate touch or inappropriate behavior in a way, meaning just so that they understand that there are you know, there are boundaries, there are red flags, right? I mean, I just, I, I remember it bring back, brings me back to an episode that I did with my previous podcast, Education, where, where Debbie Fox was talking all about how her child was in a yeshiva and someone came over and was like trying to like get something started in an inappropriate way. And only because of the fact that his mom had like kind of prepared him, like if someone ever even tries to attempt to touch you in that area, like you just, you scream. And he literally screamed and like woke up everyone in the dorms and like obviously got that taken care of. So like, I feel like in a way, if unless if a child knows like, wait, like I need to take care of my body and protect my body in a way. No, unless, I mean, what do you think? I'm curious. 
If you're looking for a great way to have some good, clean, kosher fun with your children through the powerful effect of music, look no further because Jay Karaoke is here. Jay Karaoke gives one and all the platform to belt out their favorite tunes from a library of thousands of Jewish songs, hundreds of artists, and genres across multiple decades of incredible Jewish music. Personally, I know that I love singing. I love it. I love karaoke, but I was really never able to get into it because it wasn't the Jewish songs. And that's where Jay Karaoke comes in with their huge selection from the latest hits to the classics. They even have nursery rhymes for your little ones. And with features like key changes to help you sing, to make you more comfortable as you're singing and speeding it up or slowing down the song, they have really thought of everything. To enjoy Jewish karaoke your way, all you need to do is head to jkaraoke.com. Choose a subscription that fits for you. And to make it even more fun, you could purchase their state-of-art karaoke kit, which gives you the feeling as if you are today's top singer. You can insert whoever you feel it is. Connect your kit to any device, like it could be a laptop, computer, a tablet, whatever it is. And you plug in your speaker, plug in your J karaoke microphone, and you sing away. It's as easy as that. That's all it is. And it's really fun. I checked out their website. Really looks amazing. They have an incredible, incredible amount of song selection. Anything you want. They got Thank You Hashem. They got Mordechai Shapiro. They really got it all. You can subscribe monthly for just $4.99 a month, yearly for $49.99. And we have a special deal here for you. For any of our listeners, if you use the code JewsNextDoor, D O R, you get an additional 10% off. And if you don't want your children to be using a device with internet, J Karaoke has got you covered. You can download the app onto your desktop. Once you have it up, turn off the internet. Let them sing all day long without the internet. Check out Jay Karaoke today and let the fun begin. You recently had a series on child safety. Wow, you're child holding, safety. You're holding. I am holding. I am holding. <laughs> I'm following. And I would urge your listeners to listen to that series. As a camp director and having been in camps for a long, long time, these are rare occurrences. It's not something that I want to spend too much time on, not because I don't think it's important, but sure. because I think that Again, by and large, kids yeah, are really yeah. safe right. and hire people who are caring and loving in the appropriate way. And sure. we take very seriously who we hire and we vet our people and we have references for everybody. So I don't want to scare anybody out there. <laughs> sure. I, I think camp is a very, very safe place. And I would leave it to the professionals who spoke on your podcast a couple of weeks ago to speak about these kinds of things. But I think these are rare occurrences you hear about them because when they happen you hear They're, about these right. things sure but these sure. are not things that are happening all the time i think you know not i think i know that uh your your children are safe uh, they're in a safe place. They are being uh, watched after by the most incredible people. And I can say that for my camp, and I can say that for many of the camps that I've been privileged to go to, and 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 so many of my colleagues who work in camps today. Yeah. You know, so it's not something that I would, uh, you know, be overly cautious and concerned about. You know, they happen once in a blue moon. Yeah. Just um, to speak to your point, I remember when I was working in, it was in Camasora, we had a very intense during the staff training, a very intense, like it was very, everyone took it very seriously. And it was like, we had to take a real course and we had to really sign off and like really go through each and every single one. I will tell you the one thing that I will say about this is we also have obviously not only by law, by law, we have to have this, Mm -hmm. um, a a session on these kinds of issues where a professional comes in. We also think it's important, even if it wasn't by law, it's important. And uh, the fellow comes in and he says to the whole staff, if there's anybody here, who has any time, and again, I don't really like to talk about these kinds of things, but if there's anybody in this room who has any issue with these kinds of sure. things after the meeting, Rabbi Farber's office, you know where it is, walk over to his office and say, 
this is something that I have an issue with. No hard feelings. Thank you very much. Right. You can take the next class home right. and, and, and leave. Um, but again, our counselors are wonderful. Yeah. Our division heads are wonderful. We speak to a lot of people before we hire counselors, division heads. I speak to references before I hire a upper staff member. So we really, your daughters, your sons are in safe places, really no self-contained safe places. No doubt. No doubt. So I guess we'll, we'll switch topic to get a, sure. little, a little lighter. Sure. Sure. A little lighter. And again, I don't mean to downplay it. I'm not, I'm not trying to no, sh- shove it under the rug. I just think that, you know, again, these are safe places. Sure. 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 Yeah. So what, let, let's go to uh Shabbos food. What do you recommend in terms of Shabbos food? Well, what do you mean by that? I guess in terms of both in terms of, first of all, do you guys allow packages? Okay. So <laughs> Which I know is a big topic. I know that's a big topic. It is a big topic. Um, we have a rule that no uh, spouses can bring up Shabbos packages yes, on the weekends. I'm aware of that rule. <laughs> so um, all you spouses out there who are listening, <laughs> Camp Dina does not allow you to take up the packages. And the reason for that is that um, we, we allow packages. Packages, do. Okay. packages are great. Packages, packages are-, are great. It's fun. It's a way for a parent to connect and send a nice gift. And sure. the kids are very excited by it. Uh, it is overwhelming for our office staff oh my for gosh. the amount of boxes that, so that well. show it's up. The craziest thing. It's uh, it's it's really really wild. I know the FedEx and the UPS guys' uh, names. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're we're personal friends by now. Um, so we do allow packages, but we don't allow the weekend uh, Weekend visiting, uh, spouses. <laughs> and the reason for that is uh, we like to create a equal opportunity. Yeah, so I guess that's uh, what I was wondering in terms of that. But I guess let's say someone who is getting packages yeah. right before shops, let's say with candy or even honestly right before shops, but like, you know, they're getting candy and like, so how do parents or maybe not parents, but how do you in camp deal with or help prepare a child or once they're dealing with it already dealing with, let's say feeling either like, Oh, they don't have as much as someone else or they're feeling like a little left out or, you know, do you recommend parents send up those types of things or, you know, Again, I do I do recommend that parents, not every day, uh, it could be a weekly thing. It doesn't have to even be weekly. I, I like the idea of the packages. Again, the reason why we don't allow the weekend packages is for that reason. Right. Um, uh, you know, the kids who are coming from L.A. and Florida don't have the same access sure. uh, to the husbands who are driving up or, or the wives who are driving <laughs> up every Friday um, and coming to camp. Uh, you know, the, the weekend, like I said, the weekend warriors coming to camp, uh, loading their their cars with uh, the challahs and the brownies and, and, and etc. <laughs> so everybody can send a package through the mail. That's right. something that's equal to everybody. Uh, one of your questions later was keeping up with the Joneses yeah. and, 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 and yes, there is an element of that. There's certainly an element of that. And so, yes, I certainly tell parents to be, be, um, be sensitive to that. Uh, we don't allow, uh, you know, uh, deliveries from Walmart and, 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 uh, Instacart. <laughs> really? um, no, no, you can't do that. That's not only disruptive to the camp, it's disruptive to the front gate and to the security. <laughs> so we don't allow that. But the packages, you know, every once in a while, I think it's a very nice thing. I think the kids love it. And uh, when you get that package, it doesn't matter what's in that package. It, it could just be, feels good. It could be two books of Mad Libs. Totally. It just it feels good to <laughs> feels have like that connection. It, feels like a hug it does home. feel like a hug from home. Um, but uh, my message to the parents is definitely to be sensitive to that, not to send too much. Because, yes, there are definitely kids in the bunk who don't have that same access, who don't have that same privilege. 
or who live out of town and just sure. things are a little bit different or there's different expectations. Totally. Do you have phone calls in camp, like Friday phone calls? Or? We don't have Friday phone calls. I worked at a camp um, that uh, was a co-ed camp that had different rules for the boys and the girls. Um, I don't want to make you know <laughs> generalities, but we do find that sometimes the girls uh, are, are more emotional than the boys with the Friday phone calls. We do not allow Friday phone calls. Uh, my first at all not, not and even. That, well only the oldest campers the oldest campers Can. in camp have a privilege that they can get their phone Got on it. friday they can make the, the phone call because by then they've hopefully grown enough they're mature enough to be able to have those phone calls without being disruptive again the reason we don't have the phone calls is because it becomes very disruptive sure your daughters and your sons love you but they don't want to call home um, and it's not because they don't want to hear from you it's because they don't want to hear from you. Right. You know, they, 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 they'd rather not have the distraction. Yeah. They know what a phone call means. We had um, my first summer as director was the COVID summer. We were one of the That's few camps. That's a crazy first summer. Oh my gosh. You know what? In certain ways, it was uh, it was a great way to start. We yeah. had a little bit of a smaller numbers. And, and we like going on trips. Like, a little bit lower. <laughs> the, the bar was set so low. Yeah, yeah. But that summer, because it was no visiting day, we did allow two call days. Hmm. And it's those cold days so are disruptive. They are emotional. Um, they're very difficult. And more often than not, any, I don't want to use the word complaint, but, but any emotion that yeah. you're hearing um, on the phone is generally taken, is, is sometimes is blown out of proportion by a child yeah, calling yeah. home and that emotionally charged, I'm hearing mommy's voice for the first time in three weeks. More often than not, whatever issue is being brought up has already been dealt with or will be dealt with before mommy calls the office right, and starts, right. you know, you know, trying to figure out what, what actually, what actually happened. We're good. We know we're good. We're good yeah. at what we do. We have good people and, and we, you know, we get to the bottom of, of any issue that there is. And it's, it is better for the kids independence to not totally. call home that often. That's why we have, you know, we have visiting day. We've had uh, one cold day. We've we've done that this summer. We're going back to no cold days. We have an email system. You should know um, we have an email system that now limits you to three emails per week. Really? Um, when I was a kid, Why, when you not, were a kid, a, you got a letter, a letter every, once every two or three weeks. Two or three weeks, <laughs> yeah. maybe. And now the emails, uh, you know, they're flying. Yeah. And I think that um, I, I actually printed out an article that I uh, saw last year. I don't know if you saw this article. It is fantastic. The title of the article is my generation of parents is ruining sleepaway camp. Hmm, now again, all respects to all the parents out there. We yeah. love your support and we <laughs> love your partnership. Um, but I'm going to read if, if it's, if it's okay. Yeah, two lines. She wrote here, and this is from uh, forward, but seriously, we need to stop the madness. Why or oh why do today's summer camps insist on blanketing the grounds with photographers capturing every mm. camper's every swim stroke, craft <laughs> creation, song session, and gaga game? Camp Dina is just as guilty as any other <laughs> camp of doing this. I know why, of course. It's because of us parents, a generation of hopeless helicopters who insist on optimizing their offspring's every experience and on chronicling it in real time. It's anathema to the essence of Sleepaway Camp, which should not be only a world without parents, but a world that parents never fully see or understand. Mm. And, and again, we love parents. I love visiting day. I love connecting with the parents. I love seeing the parents. But as a director and the, uh, the staff who's running camp, we need your trust that your kids are having a great time. If anything happens, you will hear from us. Yeah. But know that they are in a great, fun, warm, 
wholesome environment, wow. having the time of their mm. lives, learning life lessons. And yes, over time, uh, for whatever reason, <laughs> the, the, you know, the, the, the photography has gotten out of hand and <laughs> the, and so the pictures have gotten out of hand, the amount of albums. What's that thing um, called where you can like, you can have, you can type in your child's name and see exactly what's Right. That? We don't, Picture we don't have that. Right? We, we do, we yeah. don't have that technology, but there's a technology that sends you it's the kid's crazy. face. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I think that today's generation of parents and, and, and I'm speaking to myself again, my kids are with me in camp so right. i'm not in the same boat but we have to take a step back sometimes and trust that we're, how do parents do that i think what you're what this article is saying is so true but how do parents actually come to so this is back? it's it's not something that a camp director can answer this is not a camp thing as as, as you sure. well know you're in education this is something that we're seeing in schools too Everywhere. and i think it's something that we have to collectively and you know, uh, to your great credit with the parenting podcast, you're really touching on a lot of these issues and, you know, uh, uh, an episode about helicopter and, and lawnmower <laughs> parents, <laughs> I think, is long overdue. It's something that our generation, and this I am speaking to myself, it's something that our generation struggles with, um, this constant access and, and, and need for access and need for the Rebbe's number and need to mm -hmm. call the office and what's going on with my kid. Um, but I think camp is a great way maybe for parents to, and I, mm. I, I know I it kind it. of sounds, it no, sounds totally almost, um, you know, it, it sounds like a conflict, but, but because they're so far away, you want to know, but know that they're in a self-contained place. You know, the only time um, that there's what to be, you know, we go to Hershey park, you right. know, and, and even when we go to Hershey park, Every kid has a badge. Everything's so organized. Everything's organized. Are, Every kid has a yeah. badge with four phone numbers on it. And they have their t-shirts and they're going around with camp counselors uh, with a group of other. So they're safe. They're yeah. safe. They're safe. And, and, and when they're in camp, they're certainly safe. They're in a self-contained place that's surrounded by gates and, uh, and really, you know, uh, with really caring and, and well-meaning staff members. And um, it's a good opportunity to enjoy yourself, enjoy your summer, <laughs> right. enjoy your summers alone, enjoy the quiet summers and know that they're in good hands. And yeah. I, again, I speak for all my colleagues, uh, all the camps that I'm familiar with. Um, your kids are in good hands. Totally. In terms of homesick, right? So like children who are homesick. So how, I guess two things, both on like the camp end and on the parenting end, right? So in terms of like, how does the camp, I guess, deal with children who are homesick? And then how would you recommend a parent to deal with or to best either both both like pre-camp to best prepare their child if like they know that their child is prone to that. And, you know, once the child's there, if the child is begging and begging and begging and let's say maybe even I don't know if you ever would allow a child to then speak. How would you advise the parent to kind of like diffuse that a little bit? I'll start by saying that in my four summers as camp director and my years as division head in Camp Morasha. Sora, um, I can probably count on my hands how many kids have been sent home because of homesickness. Oh, yeah, no, not. Oh, really? Like, I would never even thought of. Uh, I mean, uh, not sent home, but I feel like I've seen kids. Um, and maybe even, you know, maybe even call home, wow. uh, maybe two hands. Um, because it's the worst thing for them. It is the worst thing for them. It's the worst thing to call home. Straight up. It is the worst thing to call home. Unless the child is being disruptive to the mm. other campers in the bunk. Right, right. They're causing the other kids to become overly emotional. Yeah. We really push off a phone call home. Sure. Um, it's not great. And, and, and you'll find more often than not, that is the kid that will shine the most. <clears throat> they have to get over it. They have to, you know, I, I, I remember going on Stechemet. Wow, that's a flashback. <laughs> after eighth grade, going to Israel by myself, you know, part of a program. I remember the first night waking up at uh, two in the morning, 
calling home and crying. I, I want to come home. I, we had a cell phone, so you know you were ready. So wow, cell phones. Yeah, right? wow, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You're the one that you can play like you <laughs> oh, know, the, the, snake, snake, yeah, whatever it was <laughs> the called, Nokia. the Motorola, whatever. And I became Mr. Statement, you right. know. And you have to um, again. The parents have to trust that we have the best uh, interest of the kids in mind. Sure, it's not easy. It's not easy. Certainly, if you're more, I'm a very sensitive person generally. Um, when I see a kid crying, I, the, my, my instinct is let's let him call home. And I have my head counselor saying, not on. <laughs> it's not the way we do things. Right. But I, I, I'm just, I'm a very, I'm a soft guy. But uh, it is the worst thing for them to call home. Mm-hmm. And it, it sometimes it takes time. But, um, you know, is there a heart anything to heart, a parent can do before? Or like, not really. Because it's in not order even, to prepare them, yeah, probably not, right? Yeah, I wouldn't bring it to their attention. You know, yeah. I wouldn't bring a kid. Meaning, having a conversation saying like, it, "You might miss me a little bit, but just remember, you're like, no, you think like." My experience has been, you know, listen at the bus stop. You give them the hug, you give them the kiss, you can tell them, you know, don't lean too much into mm-hmm. it. Don't let them go into camp with that, uh, right, right, with those emotions and feelings. Sure. Um, it's not easy. It's, it's, it's certainly not as easy to, to say goodbye and wave when you're, there are some kids that are run to the bus. Yeah. I, my, my niece is coming this summer. My niece, Molly, she's in third, fourth grade. She cannot wait. She, yeah. she is running. There are kids like that. There's just built for totally. boot camp. But I have found again, in my experience that the kids who are homesick in the beginning and have those issues, those are the kids that really they thrive they're the camper captains they win the awards so every shabbos so true. you have to have a certain level of, of trust and uh, yeah it's true it's true what would you say in terms of well i guess first thing how do you deal with like a child who is unhappy in camp so unhappy could be obviously various different reasons right, i mean not, not um, let's say not not homesick meaning because that we just spoke about but like more like let's say social things are going on or Right. So social things are difficult. You know, many camps, obviously, you get your bunk requests, you know, you put in your two or three friends. And then they change them the night before. Well, you know, that does have, you know, you're promised that you're going to have one. But generally speaking, you're in a bunk of of kids that you know. Yes, these things do happen. Sometimes you'll find that a kid gets to camp and friendships that they had during the year, things change because they met other kids and there are... I don't want to use the word clicks. That's a, you know, that's a negative word. It doesn't, it doesn't happen all that often, but it, it can happen. And, and kids are kids. Sure. But again, we have wonderful division heads and, and camp moms who have, uh, you know, heart to hearts and you find somebody that the kid loves and you bring them along on a, on a job that you're doing or somebody give them a special, special job, a special uh, privilege. But these are the difficult parts of running a camp of 460, 460 campers. Yeah. And um, thank God we have really, really incredible, caring people um, on yeah. staff that, that deal with these kinds of things. But there are other issues that come up. There are kids that don't like the food. There are kids that, um, you know, don't like sports. And uh, during a mm. sports period, what do you do with them? And thank God we have a very well-rounded, you know. Uh, oh, you guys have the trampoline. Yeah, we have the trampoline <laughs> room. We, have, we thank God we have a really well-rounded selection of offerings, as many other camps do. My very, very, very dear friend, Jeremy Joseph, who was the uh, gold standard. In camp, uh, in a, a former uh, podcast uh, guest of yours, yeah, yeah. will always tell you the story of uh, his hockey championship game where he scored all the goals. If you know Jeremy, he is <laughs> he is not athletic, it's but uh, you have those moments and those are the moments that uh, that make it all worth it and uh, make yeah. camp all worth it. And um, you won't have those moments if you don't let it happen. It's true. It's true. So 
hundred percent. Body image is something that's, I feel like, yeah, I know it's like, you don't want to touch it, but <laughs> body image is something that I feel like is much more challenging in camp because you're sharing close quarters when you, with friends and you, you like don't in a way even have like a way to like turn it off. Like, like I feel like especially in both body image and like social things, like if there's any feeling of bullying or not even like, if, not even if it's actual bullying, but just like if you feeling left out. So both like body image and like feeling left out, it's like when you go home, when during the school year, you can just go home and like, it's like shuts off. But here when you're living in such close quarters and there's no chance to like, in a way, like turn it off and say like, okay, I'm closing the door and like now I'm in my safe space. So like, how do, how do children best deal with that? What's the best way for children to be able to deal with that? And how does, I guess both as a camp, but also like, how does, I guess, how can parents help children to prepare for that. I know, I know part of it's learning on the job, but you know. Yeah. Part of it is learning the job. And and I would say that, you know, at least in, in my situation, I I run a girls camp, so I I don't deal with these issues (laughs) on the ground. I have, uh, you know, I'm I'm sort of overseeing um, the camp uh, on a larger scale. And I think my head counselors have a better answer to this, but I, I guess I'll answer by way of answering one of your other questions, which was, you know, the keeping up with the Joneses, Mm -hmm. which is a similar, there are overlaps between that question and this question of looking at what others have, whether that be body image, whether that be um, material, um, brand name, clothing, and things of that nature. Um, This is not a summer exclusive conversation. This is a conversation that we have to be having throughout the year. This is a school year long growing up in the 21st century being a 11, 12 year olds. And I think that the way that we have to approach these issues is to focus in on the personality and what the kid brings to the table and to not focus on it's much easier said than done, but we have to highlight what a child brings to the bunk, to the classroom in terms of the personality, whether it be a sense of humor, whether it be a certain talent, whether it be um, the way that they bring other kids together, whether it be Midos, we have to focus a lot more so on saying that. Building them up. Building them up. To not help to them. Not, right, and then they because, won't feel those things. Right. Because right. when you're proud of your Midos and you're proud of the person that you are, the shape of your body and the so types true. of clothes that yeah. you're wearing are secondary. It's so true. People and who want their confidence. Yes. And it doesn't matter. Like yes. the body, it just, it really just a- a- so completely falls away. Absolutely. We have to build confidence. And, um, and I think as adults uh, being able to see this, you know, you know, you look at the way that you're, you know, you're the Rebbe that you love dressed, you know, he's, he's, he's dressed like a Rebbe, you know, <laughs> I mean, you don't love him for what he's dressed. You're not, sure. you don't love him because of the way his tie looks and the, and what, the white shirt he has. You love him because of the person that he is. And 100%. that goes for teachers and goes for adults. And, and as you grow older, you know that, yeah, or, you know, as we grow <laughs> older, we, we tend to, it's funny, you know, the friends that we have that were, when we're older, you know, we sometimes look back, would I be friends with that guy when I was younger? Because, because when we were younger, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's about the material things. It's about uh, who's wearing the cool pants. But when we so get true. older, we learn <laughs> it's about the personality. It's about yeah, who these yeah. people are. It's about, uh, the care that they show. It's about uh, when you move in, who's bringing you over the plate of cookies, right. you know, when you move into who's a new the neighborhood. Real friend? Who's, who's the like, real friend? Yeah. And, who's, and, and I think that's how we have to educate. And camp is a unique place to really educate. And we have, um, and I stole this from uh, from from my good friend Jeremy Joseph in, in, in Camp Marasha. We have these seven weekly awards that, they, that Jeremy really launched. And we do the same thing in Dina. 
uh, with Jeremy's permission, where each week we highlight a different Mida, mm. uh, starting with the letters Camp Dina, C, A, M, P, oh, nice, A is nice. aspiring and appreciation, and M is being mindful, and P is being positive. And uh, Midos is is the absolute number one thing, my the number one priority on my list of yeah. things that I want to walk, uh, have a kid walk away with, is, is positive Midos and being a good person yeah and the more the, like you said the more confident you are in yourself the more secondary those things so are true be. so yeah. true i feel like that definitely applies for like the body image stuff what about in terms of like the bullying where not not, not necessarily that there's actual let's say bullying going on but it's more just like any any types of social challenges when like where whereas during this school year you can shut that off when you go to your safe place safe space in your room your home whatever it is and which I think is actually getting harder and harder with social media because it's like it's so much more in your face than it was. But still, there is a point where you could like you could shut off your phone here. You don't have phones, but it's like the person sleeping next to you or the person sleeping on top of you, even if they're, they are your good friend. But, you know, things happen. So, like, how do how do how do kids deal with that? Well, look, from a practical standpoint, we have zero tolerance policy for bullying. Right, uh, that's shut down right away. But but I but I think it does lend itself to and it does bleed into the conversation we were just having, because the more confident you are in yourself, the easier it will be to shut those down. And and the the better we are at creating that sense of being proud of who you are and focusing on others for who they are, strength in numbers in a bunk, you know, and, and don't let the bully be the bully. Strength in numbers. And if you have wonderful counselors who are creating that kind of atmosphere in the bunk create and uh, you know i'm talking to the counselors create an atmosphere of no tolerance for that kind of stuff we love spending time with each other because of who we are because of what that girl brings to the bunk and what that girl brings to the bunk and focus on the positives um i say this to my students all the time close your eyes and think about the three words that someone else would describe you as and think about what those words are. And if they're not words like caring and funny and warm and inviting, and if they're words like, you know, nasty, exclusive, <laughs> right. uh, is, is that how you want to be known mm, and, nice and remembered? And, yeah. and, and I think it's a good activity is yeah, to close yeah. your eyes and think how, how would people describe me? Hmm. So we have to build kids up. We have to build confidence in them. I think camp is a unique place to be able to do that. And it's a big achrayas that we have. Totally. I saw yeah. a great clip from Gary Vee. You know, you're familiar with Gary Vee? Sure. So sure. Gary Vee had this great clip where he was like talking to someone. And he said, you want to help your child to be safe? Just build up their confidence. Build up their confidence. If you build up their confidence, everything else is going to, yeah. it's, it's all going to, it's going to take it's care of itself. It's not easy. It is right. not easy to build the confidence of a 10, 11 year old, but we have to, we have to be good role models. Sure. Yeah. 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 In terms of bullying, would you say that, you know, meaning during the school year, a child knows who their safe people are, right? They know I can come home, I'll, I'll tell my parent and, you know, whatever, if there's something really going on, we'll, we'll take care of it. When they're not, when they're away from home, who would you recommend parents to tell their child, okay, these are your safe people? I mean, obviously in a way there's a counselor or whatever, but are there other people that they should make sure to look for in camp that, that are their safe people? Yeah. Um, you know, the head counselors, um, the division heads certainly, um, are, but, but the, the counselors are, are, you know, the frontline, mm -hmm. the frontline, uh, soldiers, you know, sure. that, that's really the best. We in Camp Dina do not, uh, release the bunks before, <laughs> 
camp. That's uh, kind of a <laughs> big, uh, you know, debate between different camps. And there's obviously pros and cons. Uh, this might be one of the cons mm -hmm. is not having uh, the counselors kind of call the bunks before the summer. But we have we have wonderful counselors. We really have really, really wonderful counselors uh, year in and year out. Um, do you have like training that you do with counselors absolutely on have specifically training. on bullying? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can show you my, my orientation schedule. You know, we I have, have no doubt knowing you. It's very nicely it's, graphically It's, it's colorful. It's for <laughs> yeah. sure. But we definitely, definitely have several conversations. We do role playing um, with these kinds of issues. Absolutely. Absolutely. That that's a primary focus is certainly with the, with the counselors. And look, you know, I, I always, I always joke that, uh, it's not a joke. You know, I work at DRS during the year. Um, I disciplining 14, 15 year olds. And then, uh, only a couple months later, we are trusting those same 14, 15 year olds <laughs> and I'm disciplining <laughs> to discipline sure. others. But we do find, we do find that even these 14, 15 year olds, when they get to camp, they also step up and they also, yeah. not every counselor, perfect by and large they also step up and they, they they also learn on the job and what a wonderful experience camp is 100%. for 14 15 year olds to yeah. become camp get counselors and be responsible um and yes they're thrown into the lion's end right away but they also they prove themselves year in and year out um and we're proud of our teenage camp you know counselors they grow a lot from the experience also totally what would you say are the life lessons that me and you said before, it's not a luxury. It's, it's a necessity. Yeah. And I feel like that comes down to really because of life lessons. So what would you say are those life lessons that are learned in camp? Yeah, the life lessons are, I mean, look, independence is certainly one of them, sure. but I think not just developing your personality, but finding parts of your personality that you never knew you had. Hmm. That's a big one in camp. Um, that was a big one for me. I don't think my parents would have ever at, you know, when I was six or seven, uh, ever imagined that I would have been the one up on top of the stage, right, you know, right. uh, jumping up and down and leading, uh, leading the cheer at, at color war. And, and I was definitely shy. I look back at videos when I was a six, you know, six year old, <laughs> the, the Chumash play. And I was sitting there and I was, I didn't want to even walk up to the mic and I attribute so much, so much in my life to my experiences in, in camp. So wow. that might be, I don't want to say the life, I don't know if that's a life lesson, but that, that, that's, yeah, the, no, that's, that's a huge great, that's the great benefit of yeah. summer camp. And I don't think that's something, I think that's even in school and we're doing that better in school and, uh, you know, school is camp and campus school now. And, uh, you know, those, <laughs> those lines true. are becoming very blurred for better or worse. Yeah. Which um, I feel like now you're going to have. Even yes. More. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's now it's my job to create the camp part of school. Yeah. Um, it's good thing you're uh, camp director. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we, mo most of them are. Um, you know, that, that, uh, student activities director job didn't exist 40 years ago. Right? So they say, right. They say, Rabbi Kamenetsky, my, uh, my Rebbe and my boss was like the first, uh, the first student activities director. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he no certainly, <laughs> he's certainly, right. No surprise there. He certainly set a tone, but I, I think that's, that's number one. Number two is branching out. And we spoke about this a little bit. We spoke, we spoke about, you know, branching out and learning and seeing other kids, uh, the lessons that you learn from a kid that comes from out of town mm. that just you're exposed to a different type of a kid. Yeah. Uh, it was called spade a spade. You come from out of town. It's a different, it's just yeah. a different type of kid. It's a different life. They're, it, not even a different type of kid, but they're just coming with different, different lifestyle or a different exposure to, to different people and to different communities. And yeah, outside of New York, New Jersey, it's just, a it's a slower lifestyle. And therefore there's just, I don't know, like yes. they automatically have like just better me though. <laughs> like it's just like, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Midos were just a, a certain way about them. 100%. And and the friends that you meet, the camp friends that you have mm-hmm. are, are are friends for life. And you keep in touch with these people and the lessons that you learn, those are certainly, um, but again, you know, independence. Like I said, we've been speaking about that so much about not needing to set your kids up for sleepaway camp. Let them learn it on their own. Mm. You find so much that kids just, they grow so much on their own and, and they come back. And you, visiting day, you, you're you like, who is this yeah, kid? You know, yeah. he, he grew up so much. He got taller, but he also, he's, he's talking differently and his, 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 his whole demeanor is different. And you find that a lot. And then yeah. we get that feedback a lot from parents. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Would you say that there are any things that parents wouldn't even think to ask in preparation for camp or wouldn't even think to think about before camp from your perspective as like the opposite end? I don't know. I don't know. I think our communication is really good. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's too good. <laughs> maybe we're sending too many emails, yeah, you know, yeah. reminders of the medication forms and the bunk request forms. Um, I don't That's know. That's interesting. Medication. Yeah. How, do, how does a parent set up a child to be able, I mean, obviously you have, you're dealing with it, meaning you have it fully yeah, taken care of. Yeah. But are there things that a parent has to prepare their child for in terms of, let's say, taking medication or whatever it is? Well, a kid certainly shouldn't be embarrassed to be taking medication. That's, sure. I think that is something that a, a parent could be talking Look, we have a system. Every camp has a system in place where we ensure that every kid is taking their medication. There is yeah. no meds allowed in the bunk. You have to order your medications through J Drugs, which is a, a company. You order it through them. You can't bring it up personally. Can't keep it in the bunk. I didn't know. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You have to order it through a through a company that they they provide us. Was they that send always us, like that? Well, it I wasn't always like that, but they will send us uh-huh. um, the, the the meds. Um, you're not bringing it up with you in a plastic bag anymore. Yeah, okay, and that allows us to know that we have every pill on hand. And, hmm. and we ensure that every single kid, uh, we have a wonderful, wonderful camp nurse, head nurse, uh, Shoshi Steinhardt, who's incredible, who uh, calls a every, this is a big shout out, who calls every single parent before oh, wow. the summer. Any parent of a child who's taking medication will, oh, will wow. follow up. That's a serious job. Yeah, <laughs> it's a serious job, but but it's it's so important. But I, I think that might be a worthwhile conversation is to tell a kid, don't be embarrassed yeah. um, that you're taking, pe- people take medications for all different reasons. Uh, you yeah. can take medications for allergies uh, yeah. for, for all your friends know. So that's not something that should be, um, but that, that might come up once in a while where a kid doesn't want to take his meds, but thank God we have a system in place where we know um, that's, that's not happening. We actually have, we have a song, um, you know, talk about not being embarrassed to take your meds. We have a song in the dining room. Nurse, show she is by the front door, by the front. Maybe I'm saying, but it's by the side door. somewhere. everybody's sorry. Shafrin's going to yell at me after she hears this, and I'm saying the the the, the words wrong. But we turn it into a song. It's not something to be embarrassed about. Sure. You take medications for them, but nurse, show she is by the side door. Now come take your meds. So, and it sounds it sounds silly, and it sounds like really you got to highlight because they take your meds. I mean, they go to the side door, they take the med, they they pop it in, they take the water. But it's it's something because it turns it into something normal. Yeah. Um, and, and it is normal. It's normal. You totally. know, it's, it, it's not something that should, it should be, uh, an, an embarrassing, embarrassing totally. thing. Totally. Yeah. As we wrap up, I know you already said your final message. Anything you want to add to that final message or do you want to? My final message is to, to our parents again, is that camp is a necessity. It's a wonderful place. It's a place that your kids are safe and are going to, again, take these life lessons, become different people. And I know it's not easy to, uh, to have your kid go off for a couple of months. Certainly the first time parents, I'm speaking to the first time, once, once your, once your kid is gone for a summer, you're, you're good. You know, yeah. you just kind of like want them out of the house at that point. But, but you're those, those first time campers, the first time parent, it's certainly uh, anxiety inducing, 
but um, know that they're in a good place. They're in a self-contained place with very, very, very caring and loving people. Mm. This is uh, camp can do wonders for a kid. Don't force them if they're not ready. Like I said, please keep the packages to a minimum, <laughs> but it's a partnership. I can speak for, you know, all the camp directors that, that I know we are here for you. Um, please reach out by email. Please reach out to us. Don't ever hesitate to reach out. We will not put you in touch with your son or daughter every time you reach out, but we will, we will communicate with right. you. We, we'll work with we, you. Need, right. we work with you. Uh, we need uh, open communication. I, I want to take this opportunity to, to thank uh, some of my mentors, Jeremy Joseph, Rabbi Eli Brazil. These mm. are people who have taught me throughout the years to be a good camp director, what it is to be a, a responsible one. And uh, I, I thank you for the opportunity. I, I frankly, Yair, you. I, you know, your last two guests were Rabbi Yaakov Neuberger and Rav Lepiansky. <laughs> you don't have to tell me how many people said no before you asked me to be in your <laughs> no. podcast, but, but this no, is, no. it's a little silly. It's a little, it must be a mistake when I'm no, here no, sitting no, in no. front thank of you, you. No, um, and this sharing is a, this a real you. pleasure. Really, but, uh, Farber, as always a pleasure and really so many great, great insights here and Thank you. Really Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. to you and all your to future you as well. on this summer. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into our special camp episode with Rabbi Natan Farber. Rabbi Farber speaks from so much experience, with re- which really helped change my perspective on this area. I went into this episode thinking of all these questions and areas that a parent needs to prepare their child with in order for the child to be most successful in camp. And his responses, especially the right at the very beginning, were seeing the opposite of that, that the child just needs to learn on the job. And it's the experience that helps teach the child this. And, you know, it's interesting. Right after the episode, we were talking more about this. And as we were talking it through, I understood that really Rabbi Farber was right. I was coming at it from the perspective of what a parent needs to do for the child. And sometimes that comes along with a little bit of helicoptering. Uh, where a child is trying to helicopter or bulldoze an obstacle out of the way for the child, you know, so that way they don't have to experience that negative thing. And I think that with what Rabbi Farber was saying is that it's true. We need to not try to bulldoze and helicopter our children. And that's very, very true. And in a way, there is nothing we can do. There's not that much we can prepare them for. They have to experience it the way that any other child is going to experience it, the way that we experienced it as going through to camp when we were younger. With one caveat, I'll just say that I think there is a little bit of a difference between helicoptering or bulldozing to remove an obstacle once the child is experiencing it and preparing a child so that they are best equipped to experience it. At the same time, there's only so much a parent can prepare a child for, except for, I would say, with safety. With safety, knowing the signs of a dangerous person and boundaries that someone else should not be crossing with them or even the other way around, the child does need to know certain of these things. But as Rabbi Farber mentioned, these things are not super common. Right. And, and, and that's true. At the same time, we don't play with fire. So it's a little bit of both. And therefore, I think that, yes, we should. We should definitely be a little bit preparing our children for some of these things. But certainly some of these things we have to kind of let go and let our children live. And that is an important message that Rabbi Farber was bringing out. And there was one thing that I think that actually we didn't talk about so much, which was the ability to help our children to be, I guess, to be prepared for social situations or navigating friends or navigating meeting new friends or or just becoming friends with people or having deeper, you know, deep, meaningful conversations, DMCs with people. So I think for some children, it is more natural and it's more normal for them to easily just, you know, slide right in and introduce themselves or whatever it is. And some children, it's not. And therefore, with everything, 
with every, all of the questions that I asked Rabbi Farber about, literally anything in life, but it, it, specifically with this, it's best to know, you know, what will our child need? If your child is the type of child who who does need a little bit more, you know, handholding, not necessarily handholding, but more of a preparation, who will be, who will benefit from more of a, of a preparation. So give them that preparation. That's, that's going to help them. So I would say it depends on your child. You have to know your child. If your child is one that maybe does struggle when in new social interactions, so Maybe teach them, teach them how do you go over and introduce yourself in those types of situations? How do you go and make new friends? How, what types of things do you talk about? How, what types of things do you say back to someone? Just those types of things, give them the social tools and the social skills that they need in order to feel comfortable and to feel confident as they go away for the summer and being surrounded by friends and not being with their, in their safe space in their, in their homes. So Rabbi Farber had such incredible, incredible advice throughout this episode. And I hope you were able to gain as much as I did. I, I loved it. I, and I'd love to hear any comments that you have, any feedback, any questions you have. Visit our website, jenoff.org or email us at, uh, you can email me at yair at jenoff.org or hi at jenoff.org. You can call into our hotline at 833-737-1293. And if you have any podcast questions or any parenting questions in general, you can, you can call us there. Just make sure to leave your name and your email address and we'll get back to you as soon as we possibly can. And as always, please make sure to follow us on our Instagram at Parenting the Jews Next Door, as well as on we are, we're on now on TikTok at Parenting the Jews Next Door. On Twitter, you can follow me at Yet Your Manchel for a lot of parenting tips, quotes, and funny and relevant content. And we will be coming back with another amazing episode next week. More parenting advice coming your way as we raise the Jews Next Door together. <laughs>